airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, I wanted to do something, you know, um, where maybe we kind of take our time just a little bit today and have more of a conversation. I know that that probably means, which this happens often, that we won't get to um, a lot of the information that we want to get to. But I just kind of wanted to take our time and um, and look at because there's a conversation happening right now. And we kind of talked about this yesterday um, you know, how does America open up again? Mm-hmm. Right. How does America get back to work? Yeah. Or how do Americans get back to work? And uh, and of course, this conversation is going to be different as it should be different, uh, depending on the state that you live in. That's right. I mean, I think that that's that's just common sense. Common sense right. Yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, we <laughs> can we can look around. It's it's like it's like having a blanket approach mm-hmm. to people's individual households. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, can't do that. I mean, different you know, factors. you know what your budget is. You right. know what your family's dynamic is. And so you are in the best possible uh, position to make decisions about how your family is to operate. And so um, taking all of that into consideration, the reality is, is that really, as our brother Abe pointed out on his program a few nights ago, um, you know, it seems like our country is almost in a sense. And I, I again, I always want to try to be careful, but I am a little bit dramatic. So I, I accept that. OK, that's that's part of my makeup. Mm. Um, but I will say it almost appears that the country is being held hostage by a small percentage of the country mm-hmm. um, that really I, I would say there's. And again, I don't mean to be overly conspiratorial or anything like that. And sometimes we're able to dismiss things because. We put it in that kind of category. But I think um, there is a certain liberal bent to people's uh, current approach to this crisis. Right. <laughs> and and, um, and I think there are some people with a, a vested interest in keeping America uh, shuttered. I, I really do. Yeah. And, and I think um, we can know those things, even if we don't know all of the information, if we don't have um, access to, you know, all of the insider talk, we can know those things. Uh, we can discern those things. We can be wise or maybe your parents or grandparents might say we can be hip to that um, because we can watch what's going on and um, and we are prayerful, right? We are prayerful. So that means that we are able to um, have some, if you will, insider information that mm-hmm. may not be um, immediately obvious to everybody else. And and I know that sounds weird to a lot of Christians who are used to just behaving as regular folks. <laughs> yeah. But we actually have an advantage um, that is far greater than just being regular folks, man. I mean, we live in this world and we are equipped to live in this world uh, with such distinction that it requires the indwelling of the Holy Spirit where we can, mm. we can see things and, mm-hmm. and we can operate 
in a way that is different. I know that sounds foreign to people. I understand it. But look, get comfortable being peculiar. Yeah. You're you're just different. <laughs> and you're supposed to be different. And the way I want to start the discussion, there are two passages of scripture that came to mind. Um, this uh I don't know, I guess steps to reopening the country, I guess, as they as they call recommendations for recovery. That's what it's called. Recommendations for recovery. Uh-huh. This came from the National Coronavirus Recovery Commission on Monday. And um, I started reading this, I guess, on Tuesday and just thinking about it and, 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 and mulling it over and um, every now and again saying out loud, hmm, and you would say what? You know, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And so what I try to do, and it's it's very lengthy, right? It's is a, there's a lot of information, but that's what that's what we do. That's what we do. We want to offer commentary on what's happening uh, in the world in which we live, and sometimes it requires um, processing a lot of information and then trying to find a way to have a conversation around that. But one of the scriptures, actually, a couple of scriptures came to my mind that I wanted to read before we got into the discussion because, you know, for the Addisons, one of the things that's really important to us, and I, I say this all the time, and I'm not going to get tired of saying it, it's important to us that we understand each and every one of us is tasked with living as a faithful Christian wherever it is that we're living. Amen. Right? None of us gets a pass. None of us gets to just sort of ride on the coattails of others. Now, we have different giftings, and people have different roles that they play in the body of Christ, but all of us are tasked with being peculiar. (laughs) All of us are supposed to be able to function. And the Lord has set us up uniquely to win at that by putting his spirit inside of us. Mm. So he set us up to win, right? He didn't, he didn't give us these commands and make these and have these grand expectations of us, but then play catch me if you can. Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like you can't do it. No, (laughs) he set us up to win by depositing his spirit inside of us. Guys, And this is something that is very difficult for us to conceptualize, but it doesn't change the fact. It doesn't change the fact, right? Right. So in uh, Psalm chapter 19, I'm going to look at verses 7 through 11. Mm -hmm. Psalm chapter 19, verses 7 through 11. And then um, maybe Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. And and, and actually, let me start there. Let Let me just start there. So... We Christians have an opportunity and we have the ability to engage the culture and to talk about the issues that are happening in our culture with a unique expertise. And that expertise (laughs) is being connected to the ultimate expert, right? (laughs) Got the advantage. We have the advantage. And I always want every believer to know that because we, you know, especially people who, you know, we are commentators. We're talking about the issues Sometimes it can seem that those people have a unique perspective or a unique, but the perspective, and, and if it's something that appeals to you, is something that you have access to as well, provided that it's rooted in a biblical understanding, a yeah. biblical worldview, right? Yeah. All right, so here we go. Psalm 119, verses 97 uh, through 104. All right. Um, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for they are ever with me. The commandments, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Man, go back and read that again when you get some time, okay? (laughs) It's good. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Mm. I'm setting us up to go somewhere today, folks, like in the body of Christ. I just want you to know I'm setting us up to go somewhere today that we can hear what recommendations are being made. We can hear what's out there and we don't have to be an expert 
to offer some commentary Come on, on it. All right. And why? Because we have the advantage. We okay? have the expert. <laughs> we have the expert. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to just go back to verse 99. Um, I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgment for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Mm. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Why is it that for the Christian, we can be in a situation where we say, mm, you know, it's just something not right about that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have all of the information, but there's just something, you know, where you have a, a knowing without a knowing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because the Lord has set us up to win. We don't have to be held hostage by reckless and wayward philosophies. And we certainly don't need to be held hostage by those who claim to be wise and yet deny God. Mm. So mm. I don't care what the quote unquote experts are saying. And yeah. again, I'm not this. This conversation is not about offering any advice mm-hmm. on what people need to do. Right. This is about looking at what the advice is mm-hmm. and then saying, do I like it? Mm. Or don't I like it? Yeah. That's that's what this show is about. And that's what we're going to do. And there's a lot of information. I know we're not going to get to it all today. Um, but there are some aspects of it that I feel like we just have to discuss because I, I think these are things that we need to be praying about. And I think these are things that we need to care about. Um, so unless, well, the great, did you want to um, comment on any of that? I know it was just kind of. No, I'm just. In. I think I'm going to. No, go it's good. I'm just looking at these scriptures and, and on where we were going. I'm just taking my. My my wheels are spinning just looking at the, these scriptures, you know, and cause I, I think about, um, one situation is, uh, in the Bible when, mm-hmm. you know, the Pharaoh was, uh, presented with a, a, a dream of what was to happen and he couldn't interpret the dream and he had yeah. uh, Joseph come. And I'm just thinking about the position of the Christian within the world, within, you know, even within politics and stuff like that. And, and being able to gauge based by, the Holy Spirit that we have, you know, what the right path is and how all throughout the Bible, you know, you would have officials and kings that would go to prophets, you mm-hmm. know, and people of mm-hmm. God to seek out, you know, uh, what needs to be done. So that, that's, that's right. kind of off the beaten path, path but no, something no, I agree with you. I'm kind of thinking and I, about and I, No, I see where you're going with that. And, and I was thinking, even as you were saying that, I was thinking that, you know, it's one of those things that we need to continue praying that those who are operating in official capacities continue to be surrounded by people who fear God. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, I think it's, 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 I mean, I understand. Yeah. It's what you're saying, I agree with. Mm-hmm. And I think that then can be turned into a prayer point Amen. that people who operate in official capacities in this country, that they continue to be surrounded by people who fear God. Amen. That's the advantage. Amen. That's the advantage. Um, all right. So looking at this, um, this recommendation for recovery, right? Mm-hmm. How do we reopen America? Um, one of the things that they do, the members of this commission, they've drafted this document. It's a lengthy document, um, probably bedtime reading. You know what I mean? Like if you <laughs> want to just kind of flip through stacks and stacks pages, I say stacks, that's an exaggeration, but it's, it's, there's several, several pages here. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that they do is kind of set up the reason that we need to reopen. And again, I think it's important and they make this point consistently throughout this document. And I think that's good. 
That's really good. But it's important for us to understand that, you know, where we live, Mississippi is not New York. Right. Right. right, right. Um, we have to understand that each state has its own issues that it's dealing with. And that is the importance of having an individualized approach to, you know, how we do this. But they make the case for why America needs to reopen. All right. And I think that that is so important because we're getting all of this conflicting information. And then if you watch the press conferences where now, you know, um, well, I'll just I'll just skip that because I know that people have their different takes on the masks and things like that. So whatever. But I think there's just be on your guard for a press that is unwilling to let go of what they perceive as valuable propaganda. Mm. All right. I just want that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So if notice, just notice that even if there starts to be information that says, hey, you know, maybe you don't need this or maybe you can do this and it's OK. Notice that the conversation is going to continue to change. All right. And and I'm saying that because now I'm going to we're going to paint the picture as to why the country needs to reopen. But understand that there are some people who really have a vested interest that the country should not reopen. And in order to get to that in not reopening. The conversation is going to shift. And how is the conversation going to shift? The conversation is going to shift from flattening the curve, saying that we need to make sure that we don't overwhelm our hospitals and medical facilities, which it seems like we've done. If you look at the information, it seems like, okay, that that has happened. Right now, the conversation is going to shift to we need to eradicate this virus. Mm -hmm. We cannot Mm -hmm. open and function until there are no traces of coronavirus or COVID-19 cases in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's different, folks. Yeah. Okay? That's yeah. different. And and they'll make you think that that's all they've been saying from the beginning, that that's all the same thing. It's not all the same thing. Right. That's, a, that's a change in the music notes. All right? <laughs> so here we go. First, many more Americans are not receiving the basic health care, including cancer care, that they would receive under normal conditions because they've been told not to leave their homes or have been forced to delay regular interaction with their primary care doctors, dentists, and other health professionals. Therefore, the reaction to COVID-19 is having other health effects on vulnerable populations. We know this firsthand in some of the prayer requests that we received. Yeah. That's not just in theory, hey, this is what could happen if we continue to prolong this. That's going on now. Mm -hmm. People who have needs, people who should have access to certain facilities don't have access to those facilities because they're told to stay home or what what you think you need is not essential. Yeah. This is happening right Right now. now. Yeah. All right. I know we got to grab the break and we'll pick up here and we'll have to pick up the pace here. But I just wanted to lay a foundation. Again, this is not telling you what to do. This is telling you what the suggestions are and then having a conversation around that. Mm -hmm. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. This is the moment we part ways. Because this is the road you chose to take. Away, but around love. Around me, you ain't the same. What about love? I know me, you ain't the same. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's the truth with What About Love? Joni Erickson Tata, one of the members of this commission, um, helping to draft some of these documents that would influence how the country is to open uh, chairman of this commission is uh, the Honorable Kay 
K. Coles James. Hmm. And uh, and so anyway, and then there's just a list of others. But I, I say that to say as we as we look at it, I, I think that there is some wisdom in uh, in the document. And um, I, I, I think there's also still some caution. Mm-hmm. OK, I mm-hmm. just and this is just this is just Miki. Right. Um, so you can do what you want. It's my commentary here. But anyway, uh, we're talking about um, the National Coronavirus Recovery Commission and their recommendations for recovery. And so this is what we presume would be influencing the president in addition to those, you know, others who are around him who are having this conversation. How do we reopen this country? Mm -hmm. Again, I cannot stress enough that each state needs to take into consideration what that state is dealing with. Yeah. That is so important. And I think people get that. I feel like that's common sense. But this is what we're looking at. Over the past four weeks, almost 22 million people have successfully filed for unemployment insurance. Um, Certain sectors of the economy have been completely shut down. Um, I think we know this, right? According to the commission, if lockdown policies are continued much longer, there's um, a great depression that could well ensue Mm. uh, besides causing immense economic suffering. Um, I think we've seen some cases of that. In fact, there's some stories that I think are interesting here, and we don't know that these stories are related, but we also don't know that the stories are unrelated uh, as it pertains to domestic violence and things like that. Um, So the question is not whether or not this country should reopen. I think the question is how, and I think what what ways do you accomplish that? Um, The commission goes on. Uh, the mechanics of reopening individual economies should uh, proceed as expeditiously as possible. Agreed. Testing will play an important role in return to work decisions. Um, and and again, let me say this. Okay, <laughs> I don't I don't wear tinfoil hats. Right. But I'm just <laughs> careful about verbiage. All right. I think that semantics and wording and all of that stuff it matters. And and I you know. So here we go. Okay, testing will play an important role. Mm-hmm. Every test should have a purpose that informs a decision. All right, every test should have a purpose that informs a decision. State and county specific surveillance plans and reporting should be developed by the state with assistance from or in conjunction with the federal government to inform decision making. Um, now, l- let me just let me say this: one of the things that I have heard. Uh, when you look at some of these press briefings and you hear from some of the medical professionals, it seems to be suggested, you know, intermittently that there must be mass testing for everyone. Right. That there's got to be mass surveillance and um, that there's got to be measures that are developed whereby even people who are asymptomatic (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, You can hear a voice Um, that are asymptomatic, get these tests. And then there almost seems to be a hinting at people getting these tests and then confirming that they don't have coronavirus. So everybody basically. Okay, that has been that has to me that appears to have been the suggestion. Here is where I am encouraged. I am encouraged and that this, uh, you know, recovery commission is saying, and I'm grateful for this, no, no. Okay. We don't need to shut down the country until we can develop a means by which to test every American. <laughs> right. To determine that they're free to get back out into the larger population. Mm-hmm. 
That's ridiculous. But the fact that the commission has to mention in these documents that we reject that shows that that has been a strong suggestion. Right. Okay. So, so those are the things that concern me because those things are mentioned. It reveals to me a certain, here's ultimately where we'd like to go. We'd actually like to have a bottleneck. We'd actually like to have some means by which we can, you know, filter people and, and, you know, I don't mean to sound overly sinister or onceler about this, <laughs> but it also sounds like there would be some sort of financial mechanism oh, yeah. in place by which you, I mean, because these tests are not, I mean, these, somebody has, this isn't free. No. Uh, no. We th- teach our kids there's no, no such thing as free. That's right? going to be people that make big time money off of these, the testing, the vaccinations and all. This is going to be huge. Yeah. So that's that's a part of my concern, even though it seems that this recovery commission that the president and his team have put together are rejecting that. I think there's still some wording here. For example, I'll go back to the document here. Testing sites must be able to process people in a manner that does not place them or others at additional risk and should provide a copy of the results for patients to present if requested to others such as their employers. Now, some people hear this. Maybe. Maybe normal, regular people. I'm sorry. Maybe there's something wrong with me. But I think some people hear this and they're like, no, that's good because we want to know that people are approved and healthy and ready to come back to work. I just have questions about where that eventually goes. And it's not the question of, okay, this is a preventative measure. Maybe you've been exposed to coronavirus or maybe you've been at risk. it's, It's not necessarily that. To me, okay, when I read information like this, I think, hmm. You know, down the line, (laughs) do we get to a place where it's not just testing, but it's also vaccinations and Mm. that you cannot be approved to work in certain industries if you have not been vaccinated? I say yes. And and here's here's what we know. This is already happening in some industries. That's right. We know right now that there are some healthcare workers who would prefer not to take certain vaccines, right. but have no choice. Right. If they want to I work know in them field, personally. If they want to okay? work, yeah. But they have no choice. This is what they have to do. We know mm-hmm. that in the state of Mississippi, mm-hmm. there is no religious exemption for parents who do not want to vaccinate their children, mm-hmm. that they have to, if their children are going to be in a public school setting or in a daycare setting, they have no choice. Mm-hmm. No religious exemption, no right to conscience. That is that what we are talking about is an erosion of your civil liberties and your rights to conscience. Mm. And so when you start to have verbiage that says, you know, we want to have these massive testing sites so that people can get the proper approval if they need to go back to work. And and basically it's your ticket that you're clear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I understand the reason. Yeah, but I'm concerned. I am, too. All right. Okay. All right. So, so I don't think that's crazy. Like, just look at, you know, the examples that we gave, you know, and historically speaking, like what, what is like normal now is the flu vaccine and other, you know, it's like, you can get it at Walgreens, Walmart, you know, they come to (laughs) you. Exaggeration for effect. You can get it at the drive-thru at McDonald's. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm just like, that's just to make my point. Right. That's not really true. That's That's not not really true. true. But yeah, that's how easy it is. So this is not, you know, out of our minds to think that, with this COVID 
19 uh, vaccine that they're developing, that it will be the same way. And that your and doctors that will be asking you, have you yes. had it? And if you didn't, yeah, that's, that, right. That, that's right. The expectation is going to be like, well, you don't, you're not caring for your community. You're not getting oh, this. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's another thing, right? So my background, <laughs> my... Uh, and, and I don't need this to be my background to have this caution. You could have this caution and not have this background. I say that because I'm, I'm so tired of the whole like, well, I'm a professional and an expert in this area. So therefore, listen to me. Look, I don't if I never had a background in public relations, if it wasn't what I study, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. Hmm. Because you can you can be concerned about things and not have any area of expertise in it. You, I mean, come on. Right. So so let me just say this when and, and this is almost embarrassing to admit. OK, but in, in, in communication, we were taught that we could not tell people what to think, but we could tell people what to think about. Mm-hmm. We could keep things on people's minds. Right. This is OK. We, we could shape messaging could shape and all of these things, which, you know, man, praise God that he called me to be a missionary because those things were very troubling, even as you're going through it. And you're like, mm, isn't that manipulative? Like, isn't that a little <laughs> bit like, I mean, you, you know, and, and it's like, you know. And at the time, it was Miss Golden. Well, you can't if you can't Miss Golden. Maybe this is not for you. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, it's probably not. Because <laughs> I'm not about to lie for anybody. Okay. I mean, he, my client is wrong. <laughs> He's wrong. He did it. Um, no, listen. And I don't mean that to sound like overly pious. I'm just the reality is is that we have people who are trained to be able to tell you what to think about and to keep things on your mind and to make you worry. And to make you be so concerned that you're willing to forfeit some of your basic rights that were hard, hard fought for. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So so what here's what I'm saying about that. And, and then I'll, I'll well, no, let me read to you what is in this document. And then let me say to you what I'm concerned about based on what Will the Great just said, you know, th- that you start to keep this information in front of people mm-hmm. and people begin to perceive that if I have not had this vaccine mm-hmm. or if I don't take these steps, if I don't, you know, operate in this way, then I don't care about the society that I live in. I don't care about the most vulnerable among us. Guys, this is already happening. Mm-hmm. This is already happening. Yeah. Notice that the conversation at first, and, and just think about this, people. The conversation at first was, you need to protect yourself, so you need to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Protect yourself, you need to wear a mask. Then the conversation shifted to, no, actually, the mask protects other people from you. So, if you care about the most vulnerable, you wear a mask to protect people from you. And and, and that was as recent as last night, if you were watching. It's like, hold on a second. People were under the impression that the mask was to protect them. No, the mask is to protect others from you because you could be asymptomatic. I'm telling you, it is, it, it, to me, it is, is one of the most paranoid types of presentations to watch. Hmm. You could be asymptomatic and you could be, quote unquote, shedding virus. And so the mask is to protect people from you. Okay, And so now what does that do to your thinking that says if someone goes out without a mask, it's not that they feel like, well, I'm not concerned about contracting this virus. No. What it says is you're so hateful. Mm. You are so do you not care Yep. About the sick and the immunocompromised, those with comorbidities that we need to be. <laughs> We've all become physicians, guys. Like we know these terminologies. And and, this, and, look, and and look at this. And the way they even have segmented off who are the most vulnerable, 
they're gonna they're gonna put that into the equation too. Do you not care about you know the the elderly? You not care about the inner like if it, your community. You know, I could see the pressure coming in from all different angles. You know, for everybody to get this this vaccine. Listen to this. So this is you know, and and again, will you tell me? You stop me if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm going you know too far on this, but just listen to this, okay? So it's critical to deal appropriately with those who test positive. Okay, to mm-hmm. date, the practice in the U.S. is to hospitalize those who test positive and to send them home. Um, or to send them home, I'm sorry, to, to, to hospitalize them or to send them home. In either case, people shedding virus are placed in close quarters with people who are uninfected. Now, the commission says South Korea sends such patients to temporary isolation facilities, things hmm. like repurposed dormitories or okay. other similar spaces until they test negative. Hmm. Such facilities also serve as triage centers with those exhibiting more serious symptoms being transferred to hospitals. Now, mm-hmm. this commission admits, and I say admit not to, I'm not charging them with anything. Let me say it this way. This, this commission acknowledges that there could be a civil liberties issue here right? by requiring well, that yeah. a person <laughs> who tests positive go to some sort of alternative um, sheltering Area. facility. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like some alternative sheltering facility. This could be a civil liberties um, issue. All right. So this is acknowledged by the commission. Mm -hmm. However, what is expressed here is that in order for us to make sure that we don't violate anyone's civil uh, civil liberties, Mm -hmm. what we would need to do is to have a massive public education campaign Hmm. to encourage people to protect their loved ones rather than expose them to infection. Such a voluntary campaign holds great potential for reducing the rate of infection over time. So in other words, what we need to do, maybe looking down the line or maybe even right now Mm -hmm. is develop facilities, maybe dormitories that are no longer used. Um, I even read that maybe some hotels would um, allow to have some of their rooms. I got to tell you, I don't think it's going to be like, you know. going <laughs> <laughs> to be five star? I don't know. I, I really star? think I think it's going to be Three we'll star. leave a light on for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. And, and, and look, okay. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> Jesus, be a fence. Um, look, you know, this will be up to us. But when you have people who are very vulnerable emotionally, um, it doesn't take a whole lot of coaxing. Right. You're, you're willing to give things up. You're willing to say, you know what, if I need to go and be here for six weeks, you know, 14 days, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll go do that because I, you know, I care about my loved ones. Yeah. When all before we're like, hold on a second. Yes, it is contagious. No one is no one is questioning that. No one is saying that there is right. no virus but you're saying that my loved one can't be at home in a room and then i mean i just to me it just feels i don't know it, it yeah it just yeah do you understand what, no, what i'm saying by the, not saying anything the I don't emotion know. you know and the feelings uh, uh make you give in and say well i just need to do this and it also would help it would help to make you prepare to put pressure on others to do the same yes yes 
it is it is the peer pressure and the peer influence that many of us have learned because we have gone through government schooling. Mm. We've learned to not be different. <laughs> All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Just give me Jesus. The website is Test Iowa. Test Iowa. Uh, thanks to one of our listeners who just sent us this in real time as we're talking about this. So the website is Test Iowa. Um, join the hashtag Test Iowa Challenge. In Iowa, we take care of each other, and COVID-19 can show us the power we have when we work together. The best thing you can do right now is to, uh, to stop the spread and save lives is to take a health assessment so we can better understand what is currently going on in, in Iowa. Um Okay, you know, maybe so, maybe so. Uh, anyway, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Just a friendly conversation among um, a husband and his wife um, about, you know, how we reopen America. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, each state's responsibility to consider what is happening in each of those states. That is just common sense. And I think it goes without saying, but common sense, you know, is elusive these days. And so... It's not too common, so we talk (laughs) about it. Um, Anyway, I want to do this because I do want to get your take on it. And I know I haven't, man, I've really only just kind of scratched the surface on this. Maybe we pick up a little bit more of it on tomorrow. Lord Mm -hmm. willing, we'll see. I don't know if that's okay. Um, Because I do want to get your take on it. You know, what are some of the thoughts that you have about the country reopening? Um, How how are you feeling about this? Are there things that sort of um, have fallen on your radar that you're like, you know, here's my concern. Um, and maybe you don't have any concerns. I want I want to hear from you. So I'll give you the number and then I'll continue through this as our brother Jeff, who's over in Studio CC, gets the calls uh, queued up. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We are talking about um, the Recovery Commission's plan or a suggestion um, for reopening this country, right? And and yeah. the agreement here, and I think this is good to note, the agreement here is that the country needs to reopen. We we, yeah. we can't continue to shut down a nation now with with this new thought that, you know, until we eradicate this virus, until there's mm-hmm. no more there's no until there's no gone. coronavirus. I mean, that's guys, not that's go- just, I mean, come on. And and I know that I think some of the the argument would be you know, this is not like the flu is more contagious. So we have to have mm-hmm. stricter, you know, um, measures around it and stuff like that. But I think that would be something that they will constantly say, which is true. It's more way more contagious, you know. Yeah. But a lot of the measures that uh, are being uh, uh, thought about, we haven't done with the flu. And that's just the truth, you yeah. know, and a lot of people have died from the from the flu. Yeah. Yeah. So here is what this recovery commission is saying Um, this. And again, these are the recommendations that would, I guess, in some way inform the president's position on how we reopen the country. And of course, the president is trusting that each state will do what is in the best interest of its citizens or its residents Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything goes smoothly. And that's a huge responsibility, but is a responsibility nonetheless of those who oversee 
um, those individual states. And so here's yeah. the suggestion. Um, I like this. Businesses mm-hmm. in counties with low incidence should be allowed to reopen. Okay. That's common that sense. Makes, like yeah, makes sense. if you I mean, if you're not New York City, don't be New York City. And yeah. and no offense to, you know, I mean, you know, we care about Americans. Right. But there is a difference. All right. So here's the other True. thing. Um, These steps should be combined with steps to continue to protect the more vulnerable Mm. who are known to be at special risk for contracting the disease. The elderly, those in nursing homes and those who have pre-existing conditions. I like this. And again, I think this is common sense. Yeah. I think this also falls into the category of like maybe maybe from from Jump Street. This could have been maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody's Mm -hmm. an expert when you look back on things. Right. Right. Um, And then again. Individuals who develop identifiable symptoms should be immediately or should immediately notify their employers, remove themselves from the workplace and self-isolate. Um, I think that's common sense. Yeah. I, I think that's what people should do. Right. And and I would stress this. This report doesn't stress it or these suggestions don't stress it. But I think identifiable symptoms. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. This whole, you know, asymptomatic um, you know, <laughs> scarlet lettering of people. I, I don't know. I just, I, you know, and maybe it's, yeah. you know, anyways. Yeah, and, um, and, and I'll just say, you know, because we, we believe that, you know, the virus is, is strong and potent and, and real. Like, it's not yeah, like, no, I believe you know, that. But at the same time, how, how long do you shut things down or keep things shut down, you know, and not go on? That's going to hurt in a different way. And I think if we take some of these measures that they're putting out there, like the ones you just read, I think that those mm-hmm. make sense. And this it's not like you're saying just open everything back up and don't have any regard for what's going on. I think that would be foolish. But yeah, to open no. back up, you know, specific places and specific cities and states that are not dealing with this and, and to begin to uh, slowly uh, draw some of the restrictions back, I think it makes sense. I agree. I agree. And, and, and I'm going to say, look, I understand that conditioning can be very strong, but I don't think that makes people hateful. I, I, I really don't. I don't yeah. think it makes people inconsiderate. I think that we need we need to still have best practices. But I, I think that the type of panic that has been the result of just, you know, shutting everything down. I don't think we're going to get over that quickly. I think right. it's going to take some reconditioning, if you will, before people believe that they can go to the store yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. be okay yeah. again. You know, yeah. as I think even as states start to open up, there's still going to be this feeling of people like, I'll be in my closet. Right. Like, I'm just not, I'm not, you know, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, that's fine as well. Like, if some people feel like I'm not going out there, you know, I, I think that's on them. That's the freedom you know? that they have to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the freedom that they have to do that. Let me just do this. Uh, three more points and then we'll go to the phone lines. Okay. Um, here, again, suggestions for reopening the, the, the country. Reject calls. The commission rejects calls for universal testing of every American before loosening social distancing um, <laughs> um, and the other measures that are in place um, for states that have shut down. Uh, I could not agree with this more. Mm-hmm. We must reject the call for universal testing um, of every American before we can loosen social distancing practices and the types of measures that are in place in various states. I, 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 I don't know. I, I cannot agree with that more. Mm-hmm. Um, begin testing those who are asymptomatic as informed by epidemiologists. Uh, I dislike that. I dislike that. I, I don't I don't I don't like the idea of just going in and testing people just cause. Mm, all right. Yeah. Just cause. Yeah. You're asymptomatic, but yeah. you know, we we're I, I don't like it. 
I don't like it. Right. And there may be someone who is smarter than me who can tell me why we need to do because, that. They're going to say because you can still be spreading it and you just don't know it. So everybody needs to be tested. Like you can not have symptoms and think you're all right, but you still have it and you spread it to someone who is vulnerable and they get sick and they can die. Yeah, you got to have to work harder. Change my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not there. Um, and then a couple cu- couple other things. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to this, using contact tracing um, while ensuring rigorous privacy protections. Um, mm. the, the reason I say I'm indifferent to that is because I think that there is a case that can be made if a person is sick, they want to mm-hmm. say, man, these are the places I've been. Yeah. These are the people I've been yeah. in contact with. So I'm like, okay, I can get that. I understand that. I just always wonder, like, you know, people with the scarves and everything, like, what do you do beyond that? You know, like, okay, contact that. And then one other thing, and we'll go to the phone lines here, focus on uh, containing virus infection hotspots as well as areas where evidence suggests a hotspot is likely to develop Hmm. through targeted mitigation measures. Now, I like it and Mm -hmm. I dislike it. I like that you are looking specifically at what's happening in different areas and saying this is a concern, the rest of the country does not have to behave that way because you don't have those same concerns. Um, the thing that I don't like or that I'm concerned about mm-hmm. is um, you know, certain mitigation measures depending on certain charts and evidence that people just accept as fact because it comes from the experts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're looking at the charts here. Right. And those things and the concern models me. And, so the yeah. models. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The models. Remember, they started out, they told us one to two. Million, but but because of social distancing, y'all did what we said and it went down. That's what they say. I don't know. That's what brought it down. (laughs) That's what they say. All right, Will the Great. All All right, right. (laughs) where do we go? Let's go to Charles in Texas. Hi, Charles. Oh, hey guys. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm kind of in the middle of the road on this. I Mm -hmm. definitely think um, we should. We need to get the economy back going because we don't want like the cure to be worse than the problem. But at the same time, um, I think I think what Trump's done so far for this temporary shutdown, it may be good because it just gives healthcare more time to get prepared mm-hmm. to take care of people who have been sick. Mm-hmm. And sure. I can see this lingering on because I'm 25, but after they open, I've just been hanging out pretty much with my family. I've been blessed. I still work, so I've been going to work mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. neighbor. But I haven't been really seeing any of my friends because I got you know older parents and grandparents and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And even after they open it back up, I might be a little hesitant to, uh, you know, do as little as possible, you mm-hmm. know, to go to work and stuff. But I might not go to a big gathering. So I can't see this lingering on with people just being a little, uh, you know, nervous about it. And the part that I think is real scary is that people, some people think you can have it, have it without knowing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that's uh, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's something. And, you know, I will continue to pray about that, Charles, because, and, and I mean that sincerely, that is something that I'm concerned about. And I'm going to tell you what concerns me most. What concerns me most is that I don't trust that information. Can I just be frank with people? That's what concerns me most is that that may be true, but I'm not sure that um, I So I you're just, talking about the asymptomatic Yes, that Paul. you can you can, you know, hmm. have this virus and, and not even know. Now, look, I know that the celebrities have come out and said, yeah, I didn't have any symptoms and I got tested. And then, you know, I know it. I know it. OK. All right. <laughs> OK. OK. Um, I just that's that's something that I'm I'm dealing with personally. So that's just my public confession to you guys. You pray for me. You think that that's a problem that Miki just doesn't believe that whole hog. That's fine. Pray for me. But I'm just telling you, that's that's where I am. And the conversations that I have um 
what once was in my kitchen, but now with you guys, um, I'm just, I have some questions about that. Yeah. I, I really do. So back to the phone lines. Um, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Daniel in Iowa. Uh, he works in healthcare. Hi, Daniel. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. Hello. Okay, well, I am definitely in favor of opening back up. Okay. And uh, I would say, and I don't believe this would ever happen, but even if a million people died, I still think we need to open things back up. We cannot live in fear, mm-hmm. and we cannot allow what, what is happening right now is devastating to our whole society mm-hmm. by shutting things down. Okay. And I can tell you, I also work in long-term care, mm-hmm. and I see these people in long-term care, and I've got one facility right now that a third of their people actually have been tested positive. Mm. Okay. And uh, others that have nothing at all. And uh, maybe one here or two there. I had a guy, a friend of mine, he died just today. Mm. And um, we're going to have to check him out to find out for sure whether he had or not. He could have. It's possible. But the point is, these people, when you take them and you say they cannot have anybody come around him. My mom Mm. just died less than a year ago. And if I could not have gone into that facility, I would have said, you're coming out of there. Mm. Because I need to be able to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah. but the but the other part of this is there's a point where we just have to get, I guess, war worn, battle worn, whatever it is, and say I'm going out no matter what. Mm-hmm. I have no fear of this whatsoever myself personally. Yeah. No, Neither do I. None. Yeah. No fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but I also see the people that are getting tested. That the vast majority of those people are coming back negative, even mm-hmm. if they have symptoms, they're coming back negative. Hmm. Which is telling me that we need to be very careful about telling people when they're sick, okay, go get get tested, that's fine. But we don't need to just automatically assume that just because they have some kind of symptoms that they have COVID-19. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I I definitely do do not trust the numbers. As soon as... The World Health Organization was one that was behind this from the very beginning. I said, I followed them for years. Mm -hmm. They are corrupt globalists, Mm -hmm. and they are leftists, and they are Mm. not to be trusted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Daniel. And and the the CDC is right there. The National Institute of Health is right there. They're they're a product of academia. Mm. And if you don't agree, it's like a deep state. Yeah. You're just scorned. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Look, let me tell you, when the celebrities came out in droves to, quote unquote, celebrity fundraise for the Mm -hmm. World Health Organization, that might tell you um, more than you can imagine about where the allegiance is and and, and even the moves that the president made. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. redirecting funding. I mean, and okay, let's try to squeeze in one more call and and then maybe you can come back to that as we wrap up. But great observation, Daniel. Thank you. Let's go to Becky in Louisiana. Hi, Becky. Hi, Mickey, and here's a thought, a couple of thoughts. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, Mickey, you don't have to wear a a, a, a tinfoil hat. You have the spirit. (laughs) And is everybody getting a a DNA test along with this? I'm just curious. (laughs) We're being Mm. told to goose step, honey. We're being told to goose step, and I thank you for your ministry. Oh, God bless you, you, Becky. Becky. Look, I, you know, I, here's what I want for the body of Christ. Like I, I I listened to our our brother, Dan, our brother, Charles and our sister, Becky. Look here, here is what I want for the body of Christ. I don't want us to be held hostage by fear. I don't want us to be reckless. And I don't want us to just, you know, 
I don't want to be critical of everything. I, I got to tell you, and that's something that in recent years I have struggled with because of the things, you know, <laughs> who, who can you trust? What information can <laughs> yeah. you rely on? And this increasingly is the cry of the American people. Right. For the body of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. So we don't have to be afraid of this virus. And this is what we've been saying from the beginning. You want to use wisdom. Now, look. Full disclosure, I was a germ-phobe before coronavirus. <laughs> that hasn't changed, okay? I'm still going to be careful, but I'm careful with the flu. Yeah. All I'm saying is we have to decide where do we go beyond this. All yeah. right, we're out of time. Yeah. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.